Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 1, featuring Lise Cartwright. You need an audience, you need an offer, and you need a way to present those offers. How you do that is largely dependent on your human design. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. I first heard about our guest today when she was on the Side Hustle Nation podcast discussing Kindle publishing. She started off a career in the corporate world working as an admin assistant, but felt unfulfilled. Then she discovered Location Rebel and was turned on to the world of freelancing at sites like Odesk and Elance. While freelancing, she discovered Chandler Bolt's self-publishing school. She enrolled in it and went on to publish over 30 books on Amazon. She went on to found her own site, AuthorBasics.com, a site to help struggling authors with their books. She eventually joined the self-publishing school as an author coach and program manager, where she worked until September of 2020. She is now the CEO of her own site, HustleAndGroove.com. There, she helps others start online businesses that are easy, fun, and profitable, all based on their unique personality and human design. By her own estimation, she's helped over 20,000 students, listeners, and readers. She's gotten over 100, oh my God, you've made it so easy to understand, reactions, and consumed over 1 million candies and sweets while in her unique creative flow. Without further ado, let me introduce the one and only, Lise Cartwright. <laughs> Thanks for that great intro, Greg. This is so good. Uh, you're very <laughs> welcome. Can you take a few moments and fill in the gaps from that intro, though, and bring us up to speed with what's going on in your in your of world? Of course, no problem. Um, so you did a pretty good job of filling in most of that, but I will say that I quit my job in 2012, and I think it's helpful to understand that I don't have any special degree, right? There is no there is no degree that I took that allowed me to step into any of the things that I've done. I'm also multi-passionate. So Greg just walked you through a whole bunch of different things. So I've changed my business all the time because I have different interests. And when you dive into something like human design and you understand kind of your unique way of approaching things, it allows you to step into that. And I've done that. So it's just amazing to hear you speak all those different things. And I sit here and I go, wow, you could either think I'm super flighty and can't stick to anything, or you could be just like me and be like, wow, I I can do lots of different things and still be successful. So I would say that where we're at right now is last year, you know, was 2020, a year that is probably going to go down in history for everybody as just a crazy year. I don't even think you can really describe it. And for me, it's when I kind of hit a wall in my business around March. And I went, okay, this does not feel good. Something is out of alignment. What does that look like? And so for the rest of 2020, I spent the entire year experimenting and trying different things. I literally launched a new offer every Monday. So I know that sounds like a lot and it was. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, but I wanted to test. I wanted to see what my audience wanted. I wanted to see what I felt equipped doing. And that has just led me to a space where now I really focus on doing things that are easy and fun, 
right? Because there have been points in my business where things have not been easy and fun. I've made them hard and complicated, which is crazy when you run your own business. Why would you make it hard and complicated? But I just feel like sometimes we think we have to do things a certain way or we see somebody else doing something and we're like, oh, that's the way that you do it. And as you grow and you've been in business for a while, you start to understand that actually you can decide what it looks like. And there is no one size fits all way to approaching your online business. So I think that probably brings us to where we are right now. Okay. Now, did you come from an entrepreneurial background? Does anybody in your family have their own no. business? No. <laughs> Not at all. I am like the the unicorn in my family. And in fact, my family don't even understand what it is I do. Like mum and dad are great. But whenever I say to them, you know, I'll explain, um, even when, I, when I'm coaching, they don't quite grasp it. All they know is that I'm sitting in front of a computer with someone on um, a Zoom call or something like that. And that's the extent of their understanding. <laughs> okay. And now you mentioned human design earlier. Do you can you expound on that? What sure. that is and how it relates? Yeah. So human design was something I discovered, at, you know, around February March last year. And I am someone who is big into personality profiling. So I have done all the personality profiling available. So I've done you know Myers Briggs. I've done Clifton Strengths Finders. I've done. Enneagram, I've done um, numerology, I've done four tendencies, I've done the color options, like I'd, I've done all these different things. And when I discovered human design, I went, wow, here is a system that pulls all of those personalities into one place. Like I really saw it. Now, human design is both um, astrological and science based. So you'll, for anyone who's out there going, I'm not into any of this stuff, it has a lot of scientific um, grounding in it. But basically human design is unique in that it is based on the exact time you were born. So you need to know that in order to get your kind of human design chart. But it's focused on five different types and strategies, and then your uh, what they call your inner authority. And basically, your strategy and your inner authority are what allow you to make decisions based on what is right for you. And the best thing that I've learned about human design is that we do not, as human beings, make decisions with our head, yet that is how we are taught we make decisions. The head is for processing only. It's for receiving ideas um, and processing information. It's the computer, but it's not where we make decisions. And I feel like that is the biggest problem that most of us face is that when we're operating from here, things don't align. Things don't work. And we get so frustrated because we're trying to make things happen. Um, yeah. And so I like I could literally talk about human design for the next hour, Greg. So <laughs> I don't want to go um, too off topic. But basically, if you're if you're struggling at all, if you if things feel off, I highly recommend getting your free human design chart. I'm not affiliated with this um, website, but it's mybodygraph.com. And 
it's a good starting point. As long as you know your exact exact date of birth or time of birth, sorry, um, you will get a blueprint for how you can operate in life, but also in business. Like that's what I learned is, wow, now I actually have a way that I can show up in my business that's easy and fun for me, right? Because what's easy and fun for me might not be easy and fun for you. And once you understand what that looks like, things become a lot easier. Yeah, I took the uh, the test the test as well. I came up the, the same as you as a manifesting generator. Although, in all fairness, I kind of guessed at the time of birth, so that I may have to go back and do that. <laughs> yeah, because it does it can it can adjust. Yeah, on the Myers Briggs, I'm an INTJ, mm-hmm. and I believe you are an ENTJ. If yes, I remember, yes, E E N F F J. I think it is. Yeah. I, I lose track <laughs> of, of all the things. They're all kind of blend, blend yes. in. I think I even saw where Ray Dalio has a, a new one mm-hmm. out. Um, I read that earlier today. So, you know, just another one to add to the arsenal. <laughs> How do you use that with your with potential clients and clients? Yeah, so when I'm working with a one-on-one client, I always run their human design chart and we sit down because most people who are coming to me are either at the starting point where they have an idea, they're just not not sure how to execute, or they've been in business, but like me, things start out of alignment. So I always do their human design chart and run through their strategy and authority because at the end of the day, those two are the, are the key points that if you can just do those, you're 80% there in terms of understanding human design and how it works. But then built within your own body chart or your body graph are nine different centers and you will either have those defined or undefined. And defined is just that they're colored in. Undefined is that they're white. And the defined centers dictate the energy that you have access to at any given time. So depending on what centers you have also allows you to determine the types of offers you are uniquely here to create, but also indicates who you can uniquely help because of those defined centers, because you can tap into that energy at any given time. And then with the open centers, those are where you are impacted by other people. So you receive energy in um, from someone who has a defined center where yours is undefined. So it's just a really great way to sit, step back and go, okay, well, here are the things that I'm uniquely able to do because it's inherent within me. And nine times out of 10, when I am running through someone's human design chart, I get a lot of nodding as I'm going through and I'm describing and explaining things because it's not that you don't know what you're doing. This just gives you a much clearer, you know, stand in the sand that this is who you are and how you can really help people based on, you know, you, based on the time that you were born. So that's how I use it is it's a good starting point to create a custom business strategy to help you determine, like there are always going to be foundational things that you have to do in business, but how you do them is largely up to you once you understand what is easy and fun for you. Okay. 
that gives gives me a little bit better of an idea. Do you use it to actually match somebody up with a potential opportunity, or do they still have to go out and kind of seek their own? So yeah, normally what I do with a with a I call it a custom business strategy is from there they then will either. Um, continue to do one-on-one coaching with me or dive into I have a group program which walks them through using their human design to do different areas and you know I'm like I said I talk about easy fun and profitable and that means that you need an audience you need an offer and you need a way to present those offers how you do that is largely dependent on your human design right so once you understand that my group program really walks you through how, okay, well, now that you understand what your human design is, how do you get people into your world? Now you know what your human design is, what offers are you going to create? What does that all look like? But also just reminding people to be constantly checking in with their authority because at the end of the day, your inner authority is the way that you make decisions. So as long as you're always checking in and going, is this, my um, right course of action, depending on your your authority. There are so many different authorities. It depends on what, you, what your yours is. But if you're a manifesting generator or a generator, um, you will typically have a sacral authority, which is your gut. And that is a yes or no. Okay. There is no in between. It is a yes, this is for us, or it's a hard no. And so I'm always just checking whatever I'm doing, I'm just making sure that it's aligned and that this is something that I actually am excited to do so that I don't go down the path of hard and complicated again. <laughs> yeah, because you could definitely go into something that might make money, but it just runs counter to your nature. Absolutely. And I think that's really important to understand for generators and manifesting generators. And the reason why I'm using those two um, we're talking about them a lot, is that 70% of the world population are either a generator or a manifesting generator. So the chances are a large portion of you listening to this are going to fall into those two camps. And the generators and manifesting generators are workhorses because the sacral energy, that, that piece that is defined, is life force and workforce, meaning that you have energy at all times, which means that you can go and do things even if they don't excite you or light you up or aren't aligned, but you will feel drained from those types of activities. So, it, yeah, it's important to understand that because whilst you can do things, unless they light you up, they're just going to drain you and just make you feel like, Ugh, why, you know, why am I doing this? And that, But you can still do. I think that's the important thing to understand is that you have that energy and you want to use the energy but you want to make sure you're using it on things that excite you okay now you mentioned also you you mentioned the acronym uh jst a lot on your site uh, can you elaborate on that and tell us what it is and how it's helped you and your sure business? so jst is simply just just sit there it's a mindfulness practice and i did not create this this is i learned this from my coach and it's just a practice of stopping and being on your own um, or i do what i call active jst which is going outside going for a walk whether it's on the beach along the river 
um, in the forest, whatever that looks like. The point being that you're on your own. That is the whole purpose of JST and that you're not listening to anything when you're doing it. The whole purpose is to just be, to literally just stop. Now, when you do this, you have a couple of different ways that you can utilize it. And particularly as from a human design perspective, JST works extremely well if you're out of alignment to be able to tap into your inner authority. So for me and how I've used it is whenever I just feel like something isn't working, I know that I need to take take some time. And typically I will do 30 minutes. 60 minutes is great if you can do it, but 30 minutes is generally more doable. And literally I am just putting, you know, I set the timer on my phone, but I put my phone away from me. So I'm not tempted to scroll or do any of those things. So I'll put my phone on the opposite side of the room if I'm doing it inside. I have pen and paper, um, but that's it. Literally for the first five to 10 minutes, your brain is going to be going through a a whole to-do list generally. That's at least what mine does. It's like, what, what are we doing? You know, because I'm, I have energy, my body is like, we should be doing something. And I'm like, no, we just, we need to be still. And literally what happens after that five to 10 minutes is that, you know, that to-do list has been run through and you're just kind of in this state of observation. At least that's my experience. You can't stop thinking. You know, anyone that meditates knows this, is that the, the goal isn't to stop thinking. It's to stop attaching to the thoughts that come through your mind. And that's a much easier thing to do than to try and stop any thoughts coming in. So it's more about observation and just paying attention to what is coming. And then you can ask yourself questions, particularly if you're using your inner authority. So for me, what that would look like is with a sacral authority, it means that I need to ask yes and no questions or options. I do not make a decision. Like if someone was to say to me, what do you feel like for dinner? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like I, I I have no idea. I'm not here to kind of think that that up. But if someone was to then turn around and say, hey, Lise, do you want Chinese or Italian? Then my sacral has something to respond to. Then I'd go Italian. Like that would be my initial reaction. So the same thing goes for when I'm doing JST. I'm going to ask yes and no questions or options. And this might look like from a business perspective, let's say I have about three or four offers that I'm thinking about that I've had some ideas about, um, or I've seen my audience talking about it. I'm like, I should create this. If I'm not sure, then I will literally do some JST and just ask my sacral, which option do I feel the, the best about? And it will tell me. I have the space for that to happen. But also if I'm just really not feeling like I'm gelling with anything, I can also just sit and see what comes to me, right? I have an open head center for coming back to human design. So my head center is open. It's white, which means that I have no shortage of ideas coming to me at any given time. So I sometimes will just do this if I'm not sure what I what I want to be doing, what direction I'm heading, and just allow stuff to come to me, and I'll just drop them down. But 
at no time will I take action on any of those unless I am responding to something externally. And all that that means is I'm waiting for a sign to come to me that this is an idea for me to take action on. So yeah, so JST is really just sit there. It's a mindfulness practice. It doesn't need to have any major structure other than you're not to be listening to anything. You're on your own and you can set a timer for 30 minutes and see what happens. That's what that is. Okay. I know some of my, my best ideas have come, you know, while either being in, mm-hmm. in the woods or out on the river or at the beach. So I'm envious of you living at, living <laughs> near the beach. It's very helpful. <laughs> now, switching gears slightly. So are are you still pursuing Kindle publishing personally? I noticed you have, you've got over 30 books on Amazon, but um, the most recent that I could find was 2019, um, which was your book, Capture, Convert, Captivate, How Creatives Use Email Marketing to Connect with Their Tribe, Make an Impact, and Create Consistent Income. Correct. So, so yeah, so short answer, yes. Longer answer is 2020. I did, did not write um, a book. I just creatively wasn't there. And like I said, I had that experiment of doing something um, every, launching something different every Monday. Um, so, but I am writing another book at the moment and I'm still playing around with the title. At the moment, the working title is hashtag empowered or <laughs> it could be the empowerment plan. I'm still still deciding on what that looks like, but the word empowered will definitely be in there somewhere. Um, so yeah, so I actually now probably more help people launch and publish their books versus me um, writing as much. I certainly don't feel the need to to write a ton of <laughs> more books. Um, I do have the I you know I do have a back catalog of books to be written. But I'm very, like I said, multi-passionate. So I generally follow what I feel excited to do at any given moment. And that can sound like it's not organized, um, but it is. It's just I have a few different things always on the go. And so I'm just choosing what I work on on each given day. So, yeah, so I'm in the middle of writing a book right now, but I also work with authors and helping them um, get their books out there. Probably more so now where I specialize is helping people with their book funnels. So helping people, particularly from a nonfiction perspective, I will have a massive caveat that I'm a nonfiction author. I work with nonfiction authors. Um, fiction is a whole other ball game and is a, you know, just a completely different approach when it comes to launching. Um, so I, yeah, I really specialize in helping people from the back end of their book. Like once the book is written and done, making sure all the marketing and funnel pieces are in place. And then what does it look like to create a business on the back end? Because I've done that. Um, That's literally why Hustle and Groove exists now. Okay. Why the name of Hustle? Yeah. So it's interesting. I originally started out as a freelance writer. And so my site was originally called outsourced freelancing success. And when I transitioned out of being a freelance writer into something else, I wanted a different name. And so I went through all these different, um, I can't even remember what all the ideas were, but I landed on Hustle and Groove because 
and it fits so well being a manif- manifesting generator is hustle means to you know do and move fast to me that's what it means is to you know always be doing always taking action moving fast that is definitely me as an as a manifesting generator and then groove fits in with the easy and fun side of things right like yes there is hustle but you also need a balance so that's really how that came about um and my audience helped me decide I I can't remember what the other two naming contenders were but at the at the end of the day um they liked that one the most and that was the one that I was drawn to as well that's (laughs) awesome now how are people finding your site are they a lot of them you know obviously your books are in and of themselves are, are lead magnets are they coming through there is there a lot of organic you know, yeah I mean I think I think it's how I, I predominantly do organic I only ever run lead generation ads I don't run conversion ads traffic ads or anything like that purely lead generation and if you're wondering what I'm talking about I'm talking about Facebook they have a specific lead generation ad campaign um, so I only ever run those and everything else is organic. And, you know, I have 400 plus blog posts on my website. So I have a lot of data and assets already out there. Um, I've been in business for 10 years now. So that um, my website has remained the same. The t- name has changed, but the content is still on there. So typically people are finding me either through my books or through uh, a Google search or, um They've found me through something else. You know, I've, I do podcast interviews. Um, I've written and done guest um, posts everywhere. So, yeah, so I, I just, I get found. <laughs> Organic is is um, such a great long-term strategy, but it takes a little bit of time, right? But once it's there, you, you don't need to pay for traffic. Okay. Very good to know. <laughs> So I saw your intention card online. Can you discuss that a little bit in depth and how you got the idea for it or how you were exposed to it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was previously called a goal card. And this is from Amber McHugh's Planathon. She runs this every year around October, November. And I've been a participant for probably the last five years. Highly recommend it. Um, so she, they do like a something similar and it's called a goal card. But for me, I found the word goal was actually a hindrance for me. So instead, because, and this is mainly because I'm multi-passionate and I want flexibility. Mm-hmm. So instead, I was like, you know what? This would be much better if this was an intention versus a goal. A goal feels far more... Um, inflexible to me than an intention so when I you know when I'm sitting down and pl- and planning and because I do the planathon in that October November time frame for the the next year these are my intentions but I know that things are going to change because I only ever plan solidly 90 days out I'm only ever kind of ever working in a 90-day plan and that just allows me flexibility and the ability to change course if I so desire to. Um, so, yeah, so that's really what the intention card is. And so it's a, it's a combination of an income intention and then potentially some offers to, to get there and then the value that I will provide to support all of that. That's really what that comes down to. 
I'm definitely going to borrow that. I sometimes when, with, when you, when you set out a goal, it seems to be, um, confining, I yes. guess. Yeah. I've, I've found that right. And, and the intentions tend to morph into more. It's not necessarily that they completely change, but it's just knowing that there is that flexibility in there that gives you the freedom to not be so hung up on things. I think as online business owners, we get really hung up when we set a goal. And then if we don't meet that goal or something happens, we feel bad. I don't find that is the case when I, when I set an intention. It's just a, it's a different um, framing of something that's similar, just a different approach. And it's anything you can do to trick your mind into not self-sabotaging. Right. You're not only a coach, you're also a client of, of various coaches. Or how'd you make the leap to, you know, going with the, with some of the high dollar coaches internally? <laughs> I think for me, how I've always made a decision about working with a coach has always been fairly intuitive. I've always just known. And again, without knowing my human design um, piece, when all of this was happening, I've always just listened to my gut when it comes to those things. Mm -hmm. Now, there have been two instances where I've ignored my gut and still invested. Right, I have a um, in two thousand and nineteen. I spent $9,000 on working with a coach who was not the right fit for me. I didn't um, gel at all with anything they were um, advising to do. But at the time, bought into the hype. So that's a, it's a warning. So whenever you, um, particularly because most of the um, investments that you'll make into yourself when working with a coach at those higher dollars will mean jumping on a call with someone, right? That's generally how those um, higher ticket offers are, are pitched. And I bought into the hype and just 100% ignored all of the signs in my body, right? Like all the signals, everything, and 100% made a decision with this, <laughs> which sent me off on a like ridiculous path and, nothing, and just to a point where three months in, I was like, what have I done? I hate what I'm doing. And so there are times where you can ignore that. But for the ones that have worked for me, the ones that have always been um, a, a positive type of situation has always been because it felt really good. It felt aligned. I just, I just really gelled with what they were saying and I move quickly. So I will make a decision pretty quickly. Like if it's, if I feel it like everywhere, I'll make the decision really quickly. So yeah, I, I, there's no kind of hard and fast. I'm not someone that goes and um, researches and all those types of things. It's more the experience that I have with that person at a at a level where their content is free that then impacts the decision I make to actually work with them, right? So if I get a lot from someone just from the free content that they're sharing, I can only imagine what it's like to work with them one-on-one, right? Like that's kind of that decision. But at the end of the day, that decision is definitely gut-based. Like does this feel aligned? Because if it doesn't, then like I said, $9,000 later and you're in the hole for that um, and things are not feeling good. So, yeah, so that's literally how that works. Do you think you were just a bad fit for that particular program? 
it just wasn't how I wanted to run my business. So generally, whenever I've invested in a coach, it's because I've been inspired by the way that they run their business. I really like their business model. I really like what they're doing. But for this particular one, it was more on the sales call, really coerced. And I, this person isn't a bad person. I'm not saying that at all, but really coerced, like really um, sales tactic heavy. And I was in a, in a situation in my business at that time where nothing was working. So I ignored the signs that my gut was saying, no, this isn't, you know, even though things aren't working in your business right now, at least this is not the answer. I ignored that and just went, okay, I'm going to do what this person tells me. So I did all the things. It's not that, that I didn't. It's not like I got in and was just like, okay, this isn't, I'm going to give this a shot. But three months down that path and I was like, none of this feels good. All of this feels hard and complicated. It just doesn't gel. And then when I raised that, that's when things went sour because they disagreed. And that's why as a coach myself, I would never tell someone how to run their business. It's why I brought human design in because we are all different and unique. And the way that something works for you might not work for me. And that's totally fine because there is no right or wrong way to approach having an online business. It's entirely up to you as long as you know what up to you looks like for you. Right. I I imagine that they were probably pressuring you to change your your, uh, pitch and, you know, to be a little more salesy than you were wanting. Yeah, because I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. as, And it's not that sales is bad, right? Like, don't get me wrong. No, no, it's no. just that I'm not a sale. I don't need to um, pitch, right? That that whole terminology is just not something that I need to do because at the end of the day, if you are doing things that you are excited about, the fact that you're excited is often enough for someone to be like, you know what? I want whatever Lisa's doing, and then you then that you know they go off on the path of finding what you do. Or quite often when I do have something to sell and I'm intentional about doing it, I'll include a link, right? Like if I do a Facebook Live in my um, private Facebook group and I have something, I'll say, hey, and if if this is something you want to do more or go deeper in, here's a link to check that out. And that's it. It doesn't have to be salesy because I'm not salesy at all. What book do you currently recommend of to move someone either to start their business or to move it on to the next level? Oh, that's a good question. I'm looking around the room and there's probably two that I would recommend and two, they're not necessarily business how-to books. Um, the first one is The Go-Giver and it is a Oh, I know. Okay. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's a great story with business application, right? It, it's walking you through five stratospheric um, steps to success. I can't remember the, the full things. Um, and the first step being give more in value than you receive in payment. And if you just nail that one, you will be fine in business, right? It's, the, it's my number one value and how I approach things is give more 
and you'll be taken care of. Really, that's what that looks like. And that aligns with me. Um, so I highly recommend The Go-Giver. And then the other one, and I'm just trying to see if I can see it here, would be The Big Leap. Um, by I think it's Hendrix. Yeah, it talks about your genius zone. So if you... And it's a really good combination with human design, right? It really helps you just zero in on the things that you are inherently good at. And we quite often ignore the things that we're good at as being our genius zone because it's easy for us, right? And just because something is easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for somebody else. And it's just that understanding that allows you to create a business that's easy and fun because it doesn't have to be hard. So yeah, so the go-giver and the big leap um, are two that I refer to over and over again all the time. Okay. I'll have to check out the big leap. <laughs> I have not read that one. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the it's really good. And they're both, they're short, right? Like the big leap is about the same size as the go-giver. So it's literally two hours of your time. Uh, what piece of software or app do you find indispensable in your business? Oh my gosh, I've got a few. Um, I don't know if this is, oh, there's an app here. Yeah, so Canva is probably my number one tool that I use every single day. Um, it's, if you are, if you have zero graphic design capabilities, this will be your savior because you don't need to. It has templates <clears throat> already built in. Um, so Canva I use every single day. And then I also use ClickUp, which is a project management tool. Um, like I used to use Trello and now I've transitioned to ClickUp just because as a visual person, it just has more visual capabilities in terms of color coding. Um, you know, you can kind of look at things from a, a Gantt chart perspective if you're, if you're that way inclined, or you can switch to a Kanban view or a calendar view. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. So those are probably the two that I use daily. Okay. Lastly, what's the number one piece of advice that you can give for our listeners? It depends on kind of where you're at. But I think what I want everyone to understand is that you can do something that is fun, right? You can do something that you're actually excited about when it comes to, and I'm always coming at this from an online business perspective. I don't see the reason for starting a business if it's not something that you enjoy. Now, the caveat to that is, is that sometimes you need to start like a bridge business. And that's exactly what I did, right? Like I was in a job and I was like, I have no idea what I want to do, but I know that I don't want to stay here. So what's something that I can do that's like a stepping stone to get out of this? And so freelancing is definitely one of the best ways um, to get yourself out of a full-time job and then give you some breathing space to then figure out what you actually want to do. So that's the only thing that I would say to that. But just know that you can create something that is easy and fun. None of this has to be hard at all. You just need to know what that looks like for you. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, Lise, for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Be sure to check her out at Hustle and Groove and Lisa's promise to uh, post post when her book is going to be yes. released on there. <laughs> I will. Did you have anything to add? Um, and if you are kind of at the starting point and you're trying to 
maybe predict your income. That is probably one thing that I've had lots of people say to me, well, how do how do I know how much money I want to earn or how much is even possible? So I have an income projection calculator that I would love to share with your um, listeners. And you can find that at hustleandgroove.com forward slash calculator. And you'll be able to download that. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Thanks, Greg. My key takeaways from talking with Lise, uh, human design is a method of discovering more about yourself. I'll definitely have to go back to my mom and find out what time I was born. I loved her form of meditation, too, called JST or Just Sit There. I've tried meditation before and I always felt like I was doing it wrong, but this sounds like there's really no right or wrong way. I also like the flexibility of her intention card versus a goal card. And lastly, learned not to be afraid to invest in yourself. Now, I'm an IT guy and I always feel like I can figure something out on my own. But sometimes it's better just to go ahead and pay somebody to teach us how to do things the right way and shortcut having to learn it the hard way on our own. Now be sure to check out episode two with Aaron Walker as he talks about masterminds. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.